Everyone knows that putting money aside in savings is really important. But then what? Should you keep your savings locked in a CD for a higher rate or keep them liquid in a money market? Can your checking account help you save too? Or is it about creating the right combination? We believe real banking is a conversation. Let's talk about the savings options that are right for you. Learn more at sandyspringbank.com. Member FDIC. This episode of Bushwick Breakaway is brought to you by the fans. Singing career, starting out really good. All right, this uh, we got Chana on the show. We talk about Mika Zavinajak getting possibly traded, even though he has no move contract. We talk about slight tingles with Steve Aliquette. Steve's not on the show. We just talk about his tingles. That was weird to say out loud. And, uh, yeah, a bunch of other stuff. Let's get to the show, then. Here's Mark Messier. Hi, everybody. It's Mark Messier, and you're listening to Blue Shirts Breakaway, the number one Rangers podcast. Breakaway fans, welcome to the week of Bushers Breakaway. I am your host, Ryan Mito, patreon.com slash Bushers Breakaway, where you can become a supporter, listen to BSBOT, and support this dumb podcast. I'm here with my co-host Gregory as we celebrate episode 200 and Wayne Gretzky. Gregory, say hello. 200 and Turt Wendell is yeah. what I would go with yeah. myself. <laughs> Much better option in that case. Um, I did try and reach out to a bunch of people for the episode 300. Mm. Nothing's really come up so far. I'll keep you posted. Okay. I know it's next week. So, very, we're going to get it. We'll figure it out. It's probably just going to be us. Enjoy, everybody. Uh, you don't want to talk about them, right? It's like not a thing. Ooh. Uh, never mind. So, Igor. <laughs> I, no. Yeah. To answer that. I had, Ryan, a lovely. A lovely weekend. Slash weekend. Mm-hmm. I watched uh, from, when did I leave? Thursday. From Thursday onward, I watched one inning. It was, tell you. it was the best idea you've ever had. I think so. Ever. I think so. So, congratulations on that. Uh, I'm Thanks. making the right call. Mm. Igor Shesterkin. How about that? A goalie for the New York Rangers for four more years. Four more years. Four more years. A political term for the, the, for the czar himself. Uh, $5.6666666666 million for four years. Mm. A... Not so surprising contract. I think you and I can break it down pretty simply. It mm. was rumored to be on the four, the five million uh, five year side. Seems like they went down to four years, so he would take slightly less money. Maybe that he went from like five point eight to five point six, and then he bought a year out that way. Other than that, uh, I know it's the set uh, the largest second contract ever for a goalie. Goalies are becoming more expensive, as you can see around the league. I think Carter Hart signed today, too, for three years. Uh, and Carter Hart is a train wreck and had a miserable year, despite all his pedigree. I absolutely love the Igor signing. It could easily become a bargain slash deal, and I think right now it is market value. Uh, and I think your counter argument you can make is he's not really proven in the NHL. He's only played so many games. But the kid has done nothing but win his entire life. So I'm all in. I love the guy. Ready to roll. Him and his dog took a cute picture. Any any questions or feelings from you, Greg? No. Uh, I, oh, <laughs> questions, no. Feelings. Um, I, I should probably have some of those. But, again, I, I'm just going to emphasize the amount of zen and relaxation. Zen, Gregory. I this weekend. I like it. Yeah, listen, I, I'm super all in on Igor. 
uh, we found yeah. out that the cap is raising at least or theoretically $1 million every year till 2025. I cannot imagine that stays the same mm. for the next four years. Maybe it goes up. Maybe they've reduced it. Who knows what else happens on this earth? But at least you're getting some cap increase comparatively to other sports for the next five years, despite escrow and some teams that might may or not be broke. Yeah, I, the most I think I saw today about Igor, I'm sure there are Ranger fans out there that I don't yeah, of course. associate with, follow, look at, see, acknowledge, give any. There's always the counterpoint to whatever you like. That doesn't matter. Yeah, I, I would say if the, 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 the portion of Rangers Twitter that is, you know, at least somewhat engaging. Mm-hmm. The only complaint I saw mostly was that they were a little annoyed. It was only four years to which I would say that one, four years is a pretty long time. A lot can change in four years. A lot can happen in your life personally player. in four years. I promise. Yeah, exactly. You will not be the same person you are today that you will be in four years. I promise you that. You'll have some similar characteristics, but you, not a hockey goalie who is Russian and in the prime of his career, will be different in some way, shape, or form. But I, the years doesn't really bother me. I think we all forget that Igor isn't the youngest human being on the earth. Again, I'm saying that as a 32-year-old who is old as shit, about a 25-year-old who will be 26 in December. Not exactly the person that should be commenting on someone in their mid-20s. Not my... Not my place at this point in time, I don't think. At the same time, again, I think we look at him as like a 21, 22-year-old because he's only been in the Ranger organization for two years and we're used to most of these guys being glorified children, to which Igor is not. So four years at his age, you're locking him up for the very meat of his prime. Um, I understand the drawback of, well, if he's very good in these prime years, the Rangers are going to want to re-up him again, and then you're re-upping a goalie for longer term for the tail end of his career and not everybody is Henrik Lundqvist so not everyone's tail end of their career is going to look as great as the middle I understand that but again that is a problem for 36 year old Greg good lord no be old by that. Um, <laughs> yeah. oh my yeah, god let's, let's see up. what see what happens I'm I'm cool seeing what happens in these four years for the point that you just said where I have all the confidence in the world in Igor Shosturkin I would have had no problem if the Rangers wanted to just give him six years right off the rip. All of that would have been fine and good for me, but he still is a little unproven. And I don't mind if the Rangers goal with this unproven goalie who they have a ton of confidence in was we'd like to lower the price as low as we could just in case this doesn't go well. So I, if that costs them a year on the contract to do that, I think that's a fair trade-off. I, if they only gave them three years, then I'd think be, I'd be a little bit more like I'd oh, be irked for sure. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be upset, but I'd be questioning once again the judgment of this new front office on a deal that should have been a little bit more cut and dry. But to me, four years—that's good. That's a good compromise. If Igor wanted longer and the Rangers wanted shorter, and they met in the middle. Thumbs up from Greg. That sounds great. Let's yeah. talk about it in four years and see what happens. Yeah, I'm exactly with you on that. And with Igor, he gets to get a chance at a second contract at 29, which is the perfect age for an NHLer to get a second contract because there are so many GMs out there that are going to love you for your past performance. It constantly happens, and Igor is going to be able to 
cash in on that if he performs over the next four years. Now, this mm-hmm. Ranger team for the next four years, and uh, it's kind of my new theory, is that they're all in. It's not really a new theory. It's just this is what you, this is where you are. The window is open now. Chris Jury has made that clear. We have to figure out what the hell is happening with uh, you-know-who, who we'll talk about in just a second, even though we don't want to anymore, and I'm honestly sick of it at this point. You-know-who, you uh, Mika Zibanejad? Yeah, Jack Eichel. Uh, but we, we can get to it now. Fuck it. Uh I did Whoa, that. I dropped hey, the F-bomb. Oh, it's me. <laughs> it's me. Oh, my God. Oh, calm down with the language. Whoa. Whoa. Holy Whoa. moly. There's kids, Ryan. <laughs> Goodness gracious. Unbelievable. Uh, Ted, let's open the curtain for people. Yeah. Ryan so politely pointed I out did. that maybe, again, new mellow Zen Greg yeah. that Ryan is meeting here. He was unprepared for me to be in this mood for when we decided to fire up the podcast. Uh, listen, but how did I just know? Apparently. Something's happened this weekend. Apparently a week ago, some things transpired in both Rangerland and Metsland that had me on edge, frustrated, annoyed, mm-hmm. upset, miserable, and I may have dropped mm, 26 Plus. F-bombs yeah. per show yeah. on average. <laughs> so Ryan Ryan comes in here before the show starts true. and says, hey man, listen, we don't get notes anymore from the employers who should not be named because we don't work for them, but... I'll be honest, you've said it enough where even I'm thinking about it. And I said, interesting, that is not a person I am anymore. And yet here we are, some <laughs> 10 minutes into this show, and who's the seconds. person dropping the word? It's me. I, I just find that interesting. It's interesting. I know. Listen, that's a great call out, and uh, I, I appreciate you doing that. But let's get to something that would made most people say that word today, um, which was former or current or still friend of the show, Rick Carpinello. Uh tweeted this out it is up for debate now isn't it it is sort of up for debate i don't know i have no idea rick has uh not been talking to me for a long time uh just tossing this out there he said as i head for some vacation time coming out the window by the way as he leaves unbelievable do not in caps be surprised if mika zabinajad is in the deal that ultimately brings jack eichel to the new york rangers Hmm. we'll get we'll get to some of the responses to that in a, a couple minutes here uh Rick, I know he probably knows about the no movement clause. He's had a rough offseason with beat reporting with the Giordano trade that never really went down uh, with Seattle, even though it was reported. They had a question mark, so it wasn't really reported in, in right, that way. Before, b- before we go too deep into it, I, I have to ask. Good tweet? Question mm. mark? How many question marks? One? Just one. It's only the, it's only the, the first intermission here. So Got good it. tweet, question mark. Yeah, good tweet. Definitely sparked a lot of um, conversation for the day. And angst. Angst is definitely the word. Listen, I don't hate if the Rangers – I mean, I actually – I take it back. I actually hate if the Rangers trade me because of Ben and Jad. And I kind of see this as – I'm starting to learn a little bit more about Chris Drury. And I'm going to – I don't know. I'm, I don't know if this is a conspiracy theory, but it's just me reading the tea leaves a little bit. I, I want to I investigate a point before we get too far into this. Okay. Almost – I guess it's not independent of Eichel because we have to assume that if the Rangers are in a position where they are trading Mika Zibanejad, they are, in their mind, acquiring an upgrade over Mika Zibanejad. Yes. So I, I, w- I want to investigate something you, you, you said there real quick. Okay. I, I know where your stance is, and I, you know where my stance is, where we both understand math and know that the Rangers could have both. Catfriendly.com is free. Yes. Incredible. You're saying that you would be uncomfortable trading Mika Zibanejad, period, in a situation where the Rangers are upgrading over Mika Zibanejad, period. No, 
That's not what I am saying. But I, am, okay. I, I appreciate you saying that. What I'm saying is I think the Rangers are in a very unique position where they have a lot of young, cheap, controllable talent mm-hmm. on their roster, including a number one overall pick in Alexi Lafreniere and a number two overall pick in Capococco with a bunch of other draft picks that have panned out to levels we never really expected. Okay, mm-hmm. great. During that time, you would like to have a one-two punch, which we've discussed and we've just talked about, of Mika Zibinijad and Jack Eichel that brings you to a level that not a lot of teams can achieve. You just, a lot of the teams cannot hang with that. Now, I don't mind trading Mika Zibinijad if, if someone was like, hey, who are you taking straight up Jack Eichel and Mika Zibinijad? And I know a lot of people are anti-Jack Eichel people. And I get it. It's so I'm, I'm over it too. We're still talking about it. I can't believe we're still talking about it on August 9th. But in a vacuum, no doubt about it, I'm taking Jack Eichel every day of the week, including right now. And I know that Carpinello and even Larry have the Click King himself come out and said, like, they think Mika Zibinijad is the better player. I think that's nonsense. Jack Eichel mm-hmm. is five years younger. He is would immediately be one of the best centers the Rangers have ever rostered of all time. The kid's like a top 10 player. He just is. Uh I, I just top I, five. If we're I honest. did the Bill Simmons thing where he just goes, he just is, uh, and then you you just keep going on with your podcast. But yeah, he that he's that kind of talent. So no, oh, I don't hate. Does that mean I have to be Ryan Rossillo? I don't really like Ryan Rossillo. I know, I know. I, I don't I, get his vibe. I've stopped listening to Simmons because I feel like he's just really mailed it in, like really mailed it in the last couple two years here. Uh, but in this case, uh, I take Eichel every single time. But I would like to keep both. That's why I would hate trading Mika Zavinajad because. I would like to have the one-two punch of. I don't know what if you're getting rid of Zavinajad. I don't know what your second punch is on the center line. I don't know where you're getting it from. Is it Kuznetsov? I have no idea. And we did a whole podcast about Kuznetsov on OT. If you want, you to don't think it. it's Ryan Strom? I do not, as they've tried to trade Ryan Strom a million times, three straight years, and still are. Um, yeah, someone in our Discord today asked who gets traded first, Ryan Strom or Jack Eichel, and I said the question's invalid because Strom will be an unrestricted free agent by the time Jack Eichel gets traded. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Um, now, Ryan, I do want to. I want to for a second take you back to a time for way back when, if you can remember, when we worked for the same company that uh, Uncle Rick Carpinello, who we don't know is our friend anymore. Right. And our guest that also is, tonight for. is coming on. It actually works for us still. Yes. Oh, she does. Yes. She likes us though. Shane is good. people. She does. Um, Shane understands that she needs trash people in her life to remind herself that she's on the right path. And I feel like we are those trash people. We're here for her. Anyway, way back when podcasts that I think you can still find on that site. They're still out there. Yeah. We're still there. Incredible. I don't, know, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know people, if we're there. Listen. I think we're we're definitely on our feet. So there you go. Anyway, they're there. I think it was around November, December, leading up to the season, twenty twenty. Remember, once upon a time, a guy who does this show with you—you you may know him—he goes by Greg. Yes. He 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 openly wondered and said, if the Rangers don't want to trade X, Y, and Z assets to get Jack Eichel. Before Jack Eichel became this, I need to get the, you know, word Before he dropped on the, the bomb earlier. on the Sabres. Right, yes. right, right. I said, wouldn't it be interesting, co-host Ryan Mead of mm-hmm. Blue Shirts Breakaway, if the way the Rangers got Jack Eichel was in a three-team deal where they sent Mika Zibanejad to a third team 
recouped those assets and moved said assets onto the Buffalo Sabres. You did say this a long, long time ago. Long time this ago. This is correct. This is correct. Now I think I would still do that. <sighs> yes. I'm I struggle with it because I think the potential I somehow think Mika's of Energy is overrated and underrated at the same time. Which I know yes. is not possible. But among Ranger fans, I think he is overrated. I think people think he's a better player than he actually is. And yes. he has some nights where he absolutely destroys the Philadelphia Flyers and can pop off. He's not as healthy as people remember he is all the time. He's incredibly likable. There's, It's impossible to hate me because of Vinajad. And then there's the NHL perception of him who see him as a fringe top one center despite his torrid goal-scoring pace uh, of the last two years at certain points, where he was almost le- – he led the leagues in points average, whatever, over Ovechkin, some stat that I can't say because I don't know math. But he was great at scoring the goals. There you go. To give him away um, for assets, and I know he's he's probably not – it's probably a disaster to sign Mika Zibinijad for eight years, nine million. Like, any disaster – like – Somebody like that has to be a tremendous, tremendous player. And Mika's older. I think the Rangers are kind of using this as leverage. Maybe they leaked it to Rick. Who knows? I'm just, hey, hands up. I don't know. Smoke screens. Maybe they leaked it to Rick to try and get leverage. I wouldn't mind paying Mika's Vinajad. And I can't believe we're, we're fighting over a million dollars here, but eight million. It's five years, eight million, six years, eight million, seven years. I think seven is the most I would go, and I would want him to go down to like seven point five if that's the case. Maybe if it's possible. I, I I can't anything above like if he's a ten million dollar player, that's a disaster for the Rangers. It just is. He's probably I, I did it again. Fuck, I did it again. <laughs> okay. What are you doing? I know I'm ruining the whole show. And my apologies. Unbelievable. You think you know someone, <laughs> and then <laughs> and they have a wonderful weekend. They come back totally zen. But I think it's – I really do. I think it's – uh, if he's eight years, $10 million, that's like – you're not winning the cup like that. You're just not. Dude, I will say this. Again. I think it's very interesting the people Damn. who lambast the Jacob Truba contract on the regular seem very – I don't know if eager is the right word, but comfortable definitely for giving Mika Zibanejad north of five years. I, if you don't like the Truba contract, you will not like the Mika Zibanejad contract. It's impossible. And especially because yeah, Jacob Truba, when he, that contract's over, he's 31. Like, it's totally right. different. Right. I, I, I mean, case in point, it, it's, it's unfair to compare Zibanejad's future contract to Chris Kreider because, again, you just, when we're evaluating the Chris Kreider contract, you have to go back to March of 2020. Before a pandemic, before the Rangers won one of the jankiest lotteries of all time, before all, like, the Chris Kreider contract is bad because the cap stopped going up and the Rangers were gifted Alexei Lafreniere, which were things in March of 2020 none of us would have expected to happen. The Rangers weren't that bad of a team where you would have expected them to win the lottery again because they would have had a minuscule percentage chance of doing so that's correct the the rangers didn't have a lot of options on that side of the wing and the rangers were convinced that they were a couple more moves away from 
becoming legitimate contenders, all of which was true in March of 2020. And then everything that happened after that is just unpredictable. So it, it, I can't compare the Zabanajad contract to Kreider because the circumstances are just so perfectly different. Um, I will agree with you that how I know that Mika Zabanajad is overrated by at least a portion of Ranger fans is because it isn't a conversation if you're comparing Zabanajad to Eichel one-on-one. Eichel is the far superior player. And that, that comes from a guy who loves Mika Zibanejad, is not hoping the Rangers move Mika Zibanejad, is entertained by Mika Zibanejad on any given night, and thinks he's probably one of the most important players in that Ranger locker room today. But it, I don't think, it, like, I also don't think Mika Zibanejad's better than Austin Matthews. I don't think Mika Zibanejad is better than, obviously, Connor McDavid. There are plenty of players in the NHL that Mika Zibanejad is not better than. Do I think he's one of the 25 best centers in the NHL? Yeah, absolutely. I would probably say yes, which yes. makes him, again, a top center, a number one quality center in my eyes. But someone at least 20 spots ahead of Zibanejad on that list is a fully healthy Jack Eichel. And I have confidence that Jack Eichel will be a fully healthy version of himself again. But I... Would I like the part of this conversation that is difficult to have is there is a very clear way for both of these guys to be on the roster at the exact same time. And I'll be honest, I will be perfectly honest. If I had to choose between having this might hurt your feelings, Ryan. So I, I want you to do your best to not try to swear when I say it, because okay. you're really upsetting our listeners today. I am. Um, if I had to choose between having Jack Eichel and Mika Zibanejad on my roster or having Jack Eichel and Capo Caco on my roster, I think I'd go with one instead of two. I don't think that's weird. I, yeah, I love Capo and I love his thick neck that he's been developing by eating everything over the last the six months. What is wrong with you? What? I call him a, he has a thick neck. Calm down. Take a shower. What What I do? I'm just, am I horny on me? What's going on? He just looks, he's a I, thick boy now. That's it. He's growing. He, I don't know if you saw the pictures, but he put on a lot of weight. So I'm, I'm interested to see what he's, he's going to do this season. But even then, it's, it's not even a contest. I, the, the, the thing that makes Capo so valuable is that he's going to cost almost nothing for what he's going to produce for the next couple of years. His bridge contract is going to be like $2 million. And he might end up putting up like 40, 50 points, hopefully, over the next couple of years. That's, what, that's why I'd rather have... I, I'd still rather have Mika and Jack if I'm going to push for the cup here, well, which you are. Your but... point is there's a way to have all of it. Yes, and it, it, there is. That, that way very clearly exists. And it's that's the thing that makes this conversation hard. Like, you don't have to choose between one or the other. You can have your cake and eat it too. I don't know why people aren't quite getting that. There will be other difficult decisions. I'm not saying there won't be. But I'm also saying that I'd rather have those future difficult decisions if it meant I'm building a Stanley Cup caliber roster. And if I have Jack Eichel and Mika Zibanejad, along with Adam Fox, along with Ryan Lindgren, along with Keandre Miller, Jacob Truba, you have Kako, you have Lafreniere, you have Panarin, you have all those guys. I can win a Stanley Cup with these guys and Igor Shosturkin in net. It's a Stanley Cup caliber team. If it means I have to make a hard decision in two years, that is a problem for 34-year-old Greg, which, again, barf. Um, <laughs> yeah, want to throw up and die. It's okay. But, yeah, it's it, – this goes back 
I'll take you back two weeks ago, Ryan. Back before the MLB trade deadline, when I asked you, Point Blake, on this show, if we've entered a point in sports fandom, not just hockey, but baseball, basketball, football, all these places, if we've just entered a point in sports fandom where we are all caring way too much about future assets and not, we're no longer allowing us ourselves to just live in the moment, try to win one year, and worry about the next year after that year. I, I, I just wonder when we jump the shark on caring so much about what the 2024 New York Rangers are going to look like before we even know what the 2021 New York Rangers look like. I think it's important to have well-laid plans moving forward with your organization. And I think the Rangers have, have that no matter what happens over the next couple of years. You have your core you're ready to make a run. You're not going to need to rebuild. You won't have to do a legitimate rebuild from the New York Rangers for a long time, hopefully. Because the goal is, and they're already on the roster, is that you can keep Kako, Lafreniere, and Fox for like the rest of their lives. And if that happens, you're probably going to be okay. But I'm with you where it's, do we not enjoy what we have enough? I think people are kind of losing sight of how talented and fun the Rangers are at some point capacity because of the Bushnevich trade and because of all the things that have happened and the disaster that was the end of last year in all light. There is so much young, fun, great talent on this squad. And I, you know, in all sports, was looking around recently and I, I, for some reason, went through the Chicago Bulls roster. I don't know if you know this, but that's one of the most mediocre rosters I've ever seen in my life that might make some noise, that might make a seventh seed, and they're all in and locked into it for years. And I'm sure that'll be fun for Bulls fans. But the Rangers are not the Bulls. They are one of the most potential... They have the, one of the highest ceilings of any team in the NHL despite not making the playoffs last year. And you should enjoy now. I'm not really worried about later. The Rangers have bought out everybody. You, you can find a trade partner. There are always teams that want to rebuild that will take up assets for the future. The Rangers have all their, for the most part, all their picks in the future. We're ready to roll here. We should mortgage a little bit of the future whether it be Schneider, whether it be Niels Lundqvist, whether it be Kravstov, who I have questions about. I have serious questions about, and I would love to talk about him more because uh, I am concerned about the right wing position for the Rangers, but we don't even know what the final puzzle pieces are just yet. We don't. We're still waiting for this you know, $7 million of cap space to be filled or if they're trading Eichel or if they're trading Strom, trading for Eichel rather. $7 million of cap space. They're giving Lieber Hayek $3 million? What are you talking about? No, I think uh, Statminer said there's $7, seven million left this year. I think. Well, if he said it, it must be true. I believe him. But I'll, I'll, I'll ask you this before we uh, we bring on Shayna, who is so much smarter than us. By a lot, year. yes. So the New York Rangers last year, Ryan, 60 points in 56 games. You do the math, that gets to about an 88-point pace over an 82-game season. And before you keep going, and I'm sorry, but this is so important, the Rangers lost, I think, 14 one-goal games last year. It was so close for that team, and just by replacing Hayek off that squad, the team is so much better. Keep going. Sure. But those one-goal games could... Anyway, not going to get down that. I understand. Anyway, 88-point pace last year. I would say... Let's say unrealistic to expect any playoff team to get in with fewer than 95 points. Are you going to tell me today that you feel the New York Rangers are a 95-plus point team currently constructed? 
the number's so good. I do think they could easily be that. I do. At, a with, lot has to go right. Yes, with even with Heedle and Strom as their centers, maybe you put Goudreau as the third line center, and then Heedle plays wing, whichever you want to do in this situation. A lot has to go right, but I do believe they could be. I think they're right there. I would set the line at like ninety three point five, ninety four. I wonder what the Vegas line of is if to be available. Very curious. Uh, I would also. I just the thing I always the one thing that hangs me up the most. I think more than anything else that's happened so far, the Eichel stuff is what it is at this point. I'm kind of over it. It's so boring to talk about. I have no new opinions on it. It stinks. But we were told by everybody that the New York Rangers desperately wanted, desperately felt they needed, not even wanted, felt like they needed. They had to. They had to add an impact top six player to get this team over the hump. Those were what that's what we were told by literally everyone brooks carp when he liked us vince colin molly Shayna, everybody the rangers front office chris drury rangers front, chris drury said it himself so you're gonna tell me James that a Dolan, team that yeah. felt that strongly about adding a top six impact player not only hasn't done that but all they've really done to their top six is just remove a top six player a I just want to tremendous know. asset and probably their best overall forward, all-around forward in Buchnevich. Yeah. So yes. all I need to know is what has changed. And if nothing has changed, then who is it? And why is it taking so long? And if it's not Jack Eichel... Then prove again. it. Because yeah, prove it. it still seems like it is. At if all costs. Is, is the argu- like, are the Arizona Coyotes waiting for the Sabres to trade Jack Eichel so they can move Christian Dvorak? Are the Washington Capitals waiting for the Sabres to trade Jack Eichel so they could move Evgeny Kuznetsov. I don't think these teams are really waiting for the Sabres to make their move. Not only that, I don't think it's smart for these teams to wait for the Sabres to make their move. So if it's not Eichel, who is it? Why is it taking this long? What's going on? That's it. All right, let's get to the Shana and uh, we'll be right back. We'll talk more about Buchnevich trade. Some other things I want to bring up then. So transition. Hey, we're back. Got our good friend Shayna Golden with us. Shayna, how are you? I'm good. That was so enthusiastic. You like it? It was good. I'm just turning it on. I'm in a great mood. It. I'm just loving the off-season content. It's a great time to cover the Rangers. It's a great time to be a Ranger fan. So much. The NBA trade deadline and what trade deadline signing or whatever you want to call it, free agency, the draft all <laughs> happened. In, all happened in 48 hours. It's all done now. And all the NBA reporters have to, nothing to do until the season. Now, then there's, I me. mean, I'll be honest. That's not entirely true. The Doncic contract broke today. Fine. Fine. $207 million. Congratulations. It's like 27 Igor. <laughs> now I will, I will say this, and this isn't directed at anyone in, individually. But no industry announces when they're going on vacation quite like NHL. Nobody. <laughs> oh, my God. No one. Everyone's off to their cottages. Everyone, I, I want a fucking vacation. Hey! I want to go to a cottage and just sip. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to sip drinks every day. I want to announce this to the world like, goodbye, Twitter. I'm going to a fucking cottage. I am drinking every goddamn day, and I am not going to be bothered for a month. I would love that. One Imagine. of my favorite tweets of the whole year was when it was draft night, and around pick 17, Darren Drigger tweeted out, all right, y'all, I'm going to bed. 
like, what? What are you talking about? Oh, okay. Good times. Good times in the NHL. Good Love times. It. Love it. Uh, Igor Shosturkin signed a $5.6 million deal. The six is repeating. Uh, over four years today. Shana, what were your initial thoughts and feelings on signing the future, hopefully, Vesna winner? I thought it was a good contract. Yay. This is the second time this offseason I'm going to say something good about what the team's done. That's nice. Um, the, the first, as everybody knows, just so it's on record, is the Barclay Goodrow contract, which Shana thought was perfect. I mean, I'm going to go with Ryan Lingren, but like, sure. Yeah, why not? that was close. Um, yeah, totally. Like, they're like one and the same. Um, Chesterkin's contract is totally fine. I know people want to like, you know, be concerned at the fact that he hasn't played as much in the NHL, but like he has played well at every level he has, you know, been at. He adjusted to North American ice so perfectly. He was excellent in Hartford. He was great when he came up last year and the team was in worse shape last year than they were this year defensively. He's very good this year. Yes, he got hurt. Yes, blah, blah, blah. But, like, we saw how valuable he was to the Rangers just by seeing how they played without him. And in that stretch, uh, the team's defense was, you know, pretty much at its best at five-on-five. And both, you know, goaltenders did struggle at points, which can happen. And it's hard when they aren't in a rhythm like Shesterkin was the whole year. And now they're being thrown into a different role. But I I think it is noteworthy that their starting goaltender was out and – they missed him so much, you know, and that's obviously not a reason to throw money at someone, but between his really good performance and everything else, you know, he's 25 years old. They're signing him for four years. That's nothing too crazy. Um, if it doesn't work out, they can always get out of that contract, which is not how you want to think about a deal when it's first signed. That's but, how we thought know, about like, the Goodrow yeah, deal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But like that isn't even where your mind first goes to you. You look at it and you're like, you know what? This is a really skilled goaltender. He showed a lot of potential and, you know, Ranger fans are definitely spoiled. They had, one of the greatest goaltenders of all time for over a decade. But, you know, there was a lot of hype about Chesterkin, and he has matched it, I would say, with his play, you know, since coming to, to, you know, the Rangers organization because his Hartford time is worth noting, and their defense was terrible while he was there. So there, there really aren't too many negatives when you look at it. You could say maybe it would be nicer if they got two more years out of it and this took him to when he was, you know, 31 instead of 29, but... It's a good contract, and they're not committing term in this case, although they did in other cases for whatever reason. That's unbeknownst to me, but, you know, it's keeping their books as flexible as possible in the long term, which is ideal. I will say, before Ryan interjects, I was hanging out with a good friend of mine who's a big uh, Buffalo sports fan. feel terrible for him. He's also also a Met fan, so things are really going well for him, if I, you know, could say myself. How's Pete doing? Um... (laughs) He, <laughs> outside of the sports world, he's doing fine. That's great. Anyway, we, he, we, I was talking with another friend of ours about the Rangers and Jack Eichel, and he interjects. He's like, Eichel trade gets done right now if it's for Shesterkin straight up. And I just said, you're cute. But I say that just to say that the league-wide perception from other fan bases about Igor Shesterkin is still incredibly high. So this contract, they would also view as great. There you go. Yeah, I'm with it. Anyway, with Buchnevich, and I'm going to complain about <laughs> it right now. The bu- Speaking of Buffalo, because I have to get into it. For I follow this stupid st- story that is the worst soap opera that has no updates except for Steve- Stephen Valaket and his slight tingles, uh, <laughs> which we'll get to. What an absolute legend he is, and, and the GOAT, truly. Uh, but as of today, Wyshynski came out and said, the Buffalo Sabres are now looking for veterans, 
that they can flip at another point in time in the trade for Jack Eichel. Originally, the original offer is what I believe had Buchnevich on the table. We then, the Rangers, we, you know, as I, as I say, sent Buchnevich in a deal to St. Louis of which they chose a second rounder and Sammy Blay. Cool. Great. We all know that's a terrible disaster. I have a whole show on it if you have listened to it. Awesome. But Buffalo at the time said, we do not want veterans. We only want picks and prospects. And as of today, they have changed their tune. Is that because they were never, never, ever, ever getting that? Even though Buchnevich was on the table for them now, and now is it they realize they're losing leverage? What is happening? I don't care. Either one of you, please explain it to me. I'll tap, I'll tap in first because I think there's an important element that needs to be talked about. One that all three of us for sure disagree with but it doesn't matter our opinions on it it matters the rangers opinion on it it has become very clear that the new york rangers did not see value in pavel buchnevich they didn't see it they didn't believe it existed they were happy with what they got they were not convinced they would ever get more so i regardless of what the sabers saw in buchnevich it was clear at the time that the sabers didn't have a lot of interest on a restricted free agent who was not under contract. And it was clear that the Rangers, if they couldn't move him somewhere else, were just going to let him walk. So I don't think this report by Wyshynski, this, this general feeling across the NHL, changes the Rangers' evaluation of Buchnevich, which was that of a player that did not have a role or significant value for this team moving forward. Not saying I agree. It is very clear that I don't, but I think it is important to at least lay down that floor before we talk about it because you, the, we could all say, well, it's, it's obvious the Rangers should have kept Buchnevich. It's this valuable chip that they had that they could have negotiated, bartered with, moved them somewhere else, even after signing a one-year deer, blah, 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 blah. That's all great and good. Someone in the Rangers' front office, he might be from Trumbull, Connecticut, very clearly disagrees with the three of us, and at the end of the day, it is his opinion – that matters more than our opinion. So I don't necessarily believe that whether the Rangers had Buchnevich or not, in their mind, they would never see it as a player that helps them get closer to this pot of gold at the end of the Jack Eichel rainbow. Silence. Shana. Did I, did I break hmm. Shana? Yeah, you broke her. Uh, no, that's, I'm thinking. Okay, that's good. Uh, that's okay. <laughs> Holy, you want to think all together? Hold on. I have thoughts. Let's do it. Ready? Three, two, one. That was good. Okay, now Wait, Shana, go, go ahead. <laughs> we were thinking. Okay. Oh, okay. So, I see what you're saying with that. I do think that they felt that their hands were tied, and maybe it's because they couldn't move other players that have contracts that have not aged as well because no one anticipated a flat cap. You know, I, like, the Kreider deal... Anyone could say whatever they want now. At the time, was it a great contract? No, it, it was a contract that it was fine because everyone anticipated cap growth from the new TV deal, from Seattle, and obviously that didn't happen. Everything was fucked within two weeks. Okay. They probably couldn't move that deal. I do think that could have been a consideration. I could be wrong there. Um, and they might have felt that their hands were tied because Buchnevich wanted term because he didn't get it last time around and they felt this was as good as the trade market was going to get. And in my opinion, that is a bit of a panic move because at the worst, they could have signed him for a year and figured it out. They had time. They, you know, they did that with Kevin Hayes. 
Obviously, it was different management at the time, but they still managed to get a good return for him. So I don't think that they had to do this, um, but maybe they felt that they should have because they didn't want to get screwed, whatever. With Eichel, I think the thing is they didn't trade him by the draft. At this point, do you want to get assets that are going to help you for 2022? Or are you going to get players that will help you in the meantime? And then you'll get the assets for 2022. And maybe they're hoping that, you know, they're asking for so much from one player. Maybe if teams feel that they can move contracts and things like that, and then they can retain salary and all things of that nature, that they can end up bringing in better assets from multiple deals than just the one. And the other thing with it is, too, if you're only trading with one team, let's say it's the Rangers, and they do send Eichel to the Rangers or Vegas, and they're banking on those draft picks, those draft picks aren't going to be as good as they might be from other teams that are vying for the playoffs at the deadline who finish in, you know, finish in the first round or don't actually make it and they push for the playoffs and fell short. So that's another way to look at it, maybe. Um, but they're going to need players on that roster at the end of the day. So they're going to have to figure out something because they don't have this outstanding prospect pool that they can just start plucking players from. And, you know, I don't have much faith in Buffalo in general. I do have more faith since they hired Sam Ventura, who is brilliant, and he worked with the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins right before both of their cups, and his fingerprints were all over those. So I am much more confident that they can make a good deal happen now. But I do think the longer that they wait, the more challenging it is. So now they're saying, oh, we'll take players. Like, you know, you're just inevitably you're going to be getting the same assets at the end of the day. You know, and ideally you can get more of it if you move more players out at the deadline than you would Eichel with, you know, the medical history and how messy the situation is getting. But I could be wrong on that. I think you make a good point about possibly getting a higher draft equity at this point in time than they would have gotten at this draft. And hey, by the way, they love this draft. They loved it more than anybody else by a lot, which is great for them. God bless. But <laughs> yeah, I, but now it's. Okay, if the Rangers package comes to, you know, maybe it's Strom, it's the Heedle, the Kravstoff, and the first or whatever, one of Schneider Neal's. Who knows at this point? seems that jury has drawn a line in the sand. Do you, Let's get right into the Mika stuff that we talked about pretty extensively earlier in the show. Do you think that the possibility of, you know, uh, Rick Carpinello from the Athletic Elite said today, don't be surprised because a bit of Jad is treated. Do you think that is possibly a smokescreen by Chris Jury to try and get Mika to sign up for a, seat, a cheaper or shorter contract than they're negotiating right now? It's possible, what the, but what the hell is the point when he has a no movement clause? I mean, I don't want to say I'm not insulting the report because I don't know what he was told and, you know, Sure. Similarly, Wyshynski came out later and said that, you know, don't be surprised also. We've heard the veteran thing. That's where we started this, so. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, I believe that players would be in it, but Zibanejad, I think, is tricky because you're talking about a player with the no-movement clause. And could he go to Buffalo, thrive, and raise his value? Sure. But, like, I think every single player saw what happened there. And, yes, things turned around when Don Granato took over. But do you want to go there and potentially tank your value before what should be the best contract of your life? You know, yes, you could get – in theory, if you're a veteran player, you could look at it that you'll go to Buffalo, you'll get some points, you'll get moved at the deadline, compete for the cup, hopefully boost your value because we all know if you win a championship, your value is going to fucking skyrocket um, and then sign a huge contract. But if you're Zabanajad, do you want to do that? I don't think so. I don't think he would be completely opposed to moving if it was for the right deal. But if you can control your fate, 
are you going to Buffalo? No. No. Definitely not. Not if you sat through this in New York to go do it again. Fuck that. No, not, not a chance. Uh, Greg asked me a question earlier, which was, do you believe this Ranger team as constructor could be 94, uh, 95? Well, that was weird. 95 point win, uh, gaining? Gain, winning? Okay. What am I doing? Greg, hey, you ask. Let me, let me put it in English, Shane, since Ryan <laughs> Please, apparently I can't. forgot for a second. Dude. Earlier today, my uh, boss called me and he asked me what I was cooking and I said spinach ganache. And he said, do you mean gnocchi? And I said, oh, fuck. <laughs> There's so many words that they come into your head and you know how it's spelled and it just does not come out right. I, I have a huge problem. With yeah, that, it, so. it's a very, very important person that called me. And I was like, yeah, ganache. He was like, chocolate? I was like, oh, god damn it. I'm an idiot. Ryan, yes, finish flavored ganache. Ryan, your language on the show has disappointed me so I know, much. Thank you. Unbelievable. <laughs> uh, Shayna, the question I had asked Ryan earlier, I said – if you did the math, they were essentially an 88-point pace in a 56-game season last year. It would be shocking to me personally if a playoff team made it in the Eastern Conference with less than 95 points next year. So do you think, okay. as currently constructed, the Rangers can surpass 95 points with the group of players they currently have? Um. I think that they can meet it or slightly exceed it, but I wouldn't be patting myself on the back if that's the case. And I think that's the big thing here. The Rangers are probably going to be a better team this year than they were in years past. And I think a big reason why is a different coaching staff. Again, not a knock to Quinn, just a knock to their offensive generation over the last few seasons. And I think that they could have, we talked about it, you know, I think last time I was on like changing the coaching staff and maybe just bringing in a new offensive coordinator. They chose not to do that. Gallant's teams are fast-paced. They, you know, create offense well. Um, they're going to move the puck up the ice and transition a lot quicker than before. So I think that's great for their potential. I think the other part of it is another year of Kako developing and another year Yay. of Lafreniere developing. Um, do I think Buchnevich, you know, leaving is going to help anybody? No. I think that does make them worse. And I think other players can, you know, make up for it. But I think the other challenging part of it is we're talking as constructed – but we're talking a player that left, there's a hole in the right wing, and everyone's going, well, Kraftsoff can play up high in the lineup unless he's traded too. So that's like another wrinkle in it. But I think I think Heedle was off to a good start last year. He got hurt. Everything, you know, his whole season was derailed. And if he keeps progressing, that's something else. Adam Fox and Ryan Lindgren, another year of progress. Jacob Truba healthy. Um, Kendra Miller. And then Chesterkin with a full season. And hopefully things are a little smoother for players with their offseason training. Because we know that's been a problem the last two years as well. Um, right? Is it two off seasons? No. Uh, it's the bubble. It was before the bubble and then the off season. Correct. So hopefully it's more, you know, normal. Their off season regiments and everything like that too. So for a lot of reasons, I do think that the Rangers are going to be a better team than they could have been when the season ended. But I also think that they stunted their potential with some of the moves that they made. And it'll help to be harder to play against. And a guy like Barkley Goudreau gets you there. Um, and if you look at each move, you can, you know, you can find the pluses and minuses with everything, but at the end of the day, I don't think 95 points is completely unrealistic as long as Shesterkin, you know, picks up where he left off and everybody does take a step forward and Gallant has the impact that we anticipate him to have. But I do think that maybe had they made a couple different moves and it's not saying they didn't go for toughness and they, they just found a better balance in their off season. They would have had a higher ceiling than what we're seeing right now 
Agreed. Definitely agreed. That, that's kind of where I land, where I can see them landing right in like the 93 point. We talked about that a while, so I'm not going to re- rehash that. But I, I, we're not done, though. We're not. Right. Do you, We've asked everybody this. It's a question we continually ask ourselves, people online. If, it, if not, thou who should not be named again on this podcast, even though we'll say his name in a second, I'm sure. Who is it? Who the, who's the big top six swing the Rangers should be looking at? Are you asking me or is that rhetorical? Yes, to both. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> I think, I, like, I know there were rumors with Bo Horvat. I don't think that's the right direction. Um, I think that there are other centers, you know, worth looking at. And you can look at teams that maybe aren't in a position to contend. Like, I would be looking at a team like Detroit, maybe. And Mr. you Larkin. look at their center depth and see Exactly. Look, Larkin, is he a perfect player? No, but he signed, I think, for another two seasons at a reasonable cap hit. He's one of the most frequent shooting centers in the league. And if you can point out anything this team needs, it's a player who can shoot the puck. And it gives you a good option because Panarin has upped his shooting game since coming to New York. And it's worked for him. You know, we can't really knock anything he's done in the last two years. But now that you have two top six shooting centers, that does give you a different element because you still want a shooter to be playing with Panarin because he's at his core, one of the best playmakers in the league. So if you have an elite playmaker and he's shooting the puck, that's fantastic because it just gives him another dimension. But you want someone who can fire that puck the second he threads it to you. So that gives you Zabanajad Ad or Larkin. And either one could match up well with him. And then the other one can play, you know, elsewhere in the top six and still have good wingers. Unfortunately, the next best playmaker is no longer on the team. But there's still Kako. There's still Lafreniere. There's still Kraftsoft. And... Kreider's a sneaky good passer too. So if you can just bring someone in who you can count on to shoot the puck and has those top six upside like Larkin, that could be a win. And he's young enough that it can make sense now and in the future. The tricky part of it is dealing with Steve Eiserman. If you can get lucky like that Nick Letty, the Nick Letty trade, I did not like at all. I was really perplexed, you know, that that came from Eiserman. So maybe you can get lucky and get a home run. But even if not, you know, as long as they don't get screwed by him like they have in the past, it could be a really good win-win situation. Yeah, Larkin's a good name. Uh, that's yeah, a- but I, I, I'll be a – this is just – this is the point I've made before, Shane, so I'm interested on your take because I haven't actually talked to you about it. Hit me. If, if part of the reason why the Rangers are waiting to make a move, were reluctant to make a move, specifically said why they made the Buchnevich move, don't you feel like whoever this top six move is, it would be weird if they make a move for Larkin, who's only under two more years of control, right? If, right. if you're that worried about future flexibility, like we've been told time and time again by the Drury administration, why then is the big move a, for a guy who is likely due a raise in two years when you just said you can't afford to be giving out those kind of raises to multiple players? Well, so here's the interesting part of it. You could hope, and this is the tricky part because you're hoping and you're banking on it, that a player like Larkin, who has been through the ringer in Detroit and been playing on a terrible team for years, you could get that big fancy raise and you could get it in Detroit and on any team like Detroit. But they could try to spin it and say, if you want to be on a team as competitive as the New York Rangers and be a part of their playoff window, which you will be, you'll be a huge part of it, you can't get the raise that you were getting in Detroit. So you have to choose which is more important to you. Take a team-friendly deal. That could still be very lucrative to you. It could be, let's say, 
they managed to get both centers under contract for under nine or around nine each instead of 10, five and 10, which is, you know, the concern that it could be right now. And maybe that is unrealistic, but if they can try to swing it that way, maybe they can make it work. And it's still, it's still no guarantee. And that's, I can't speak for Larkin or what he could want, but they could try to take advantage of the situation and say, you've been on the losing side for a very long time. If you want to take a more, you know, team friendly deal, guess what? Welcome to the playoffs and hopefully welcome to winning a Stanley cup, because that's what we're going for for the next X number of years. As you've seen what we've built around here, they could try. Um, but there's, there's a risk. There's a risk with any, any deal, any, anything. Um, if you want a top six center, you're going to be paying a lot of money. So obviously it might help to try to offer sheet a player. And that's where someone like Elias Pettersson comes into play. And, you know, Vancouver says they'll match anything. We know they can't, but then they'll have to move out other pieces and things like that. So if they would take a swing at anybody and just throw money, that's the kind of player you're throwing money at because they're going to be good for so many years. Agreed. Agreed on that. Uh, would you like to stick around for some questions, Shana? that we're taking from some of the fans? Sure. Why not, right? Uh, if this is from, uh, we're going to do some five-star questions. If you want to leave some five-star questions, you go to patreon.com. Leave them in our Discord, five-star questions. We're going to read them on the show. That's how this works. Uh, this is from Mr. Cre- Mr. Cab. More likely to get fired this offseason, the Mets coaching staff or the Mets medical staff? Both. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it should be both. It should definitely be both. That I, I, don't, I don't understand that medical staff. For years, it feels like there are like players playing through injury or it's mishandled or something, and I don't know how they. Sometimes can, you just get cursed, uh, man. Make it work. If, even if you get a new owner, it's, yeah. sometimes you're just cursed. I, I know Greg won't speak on this, and I totally understand. Uh, I don't know what you're talking about. Did you say something? I was I wasn't in the, even in the room. It's uh, okay. So this is from Broadway Blue Shirt Bleeder. Uh, if you could give walk up music to the starting lineup, who would be the starting? Uh, who would be starting, and who, what would the music be for each they get? This is a 30 minute episode. <laughs> oh my god yeah. that could literally be an episode in itself yeah we'll do a bsbot but tag us on that i wish we had downtime for bsbots we will in a couple weeks i promise late august september hopefully uh give this is from our friend rex give me the odds on the league never trading for jack eichel to punish him for speaking about wanting a trade publicly hmm that's interesting I haven't really thought of it like that uh, because the it's just the hockey culture thing, I guess. But any team that doesn't want to trade for a cheap all-star, I don't, I don't believe that exists, really. I, I wonder if you're both with me on that. Sounds like, yeah. sounds like, Kona, like it, Kona is for sure, though. That's for sure. Kona's all about this. That's Zook. Oh, I'm sorry. That's Zook, actually. I'm sorry, Zook. Yeah, that is Zook. My apologies. Uh, do, do you I'm surprised think... you don't hear Kona chiming in. They're both there. I sorry. promise. Um, do, do you think that the league would be punishing Jack Eichel in this case? I, I mean, some teams are. they would be. I don't think the entire so league stupid is stupid too. Agreed. Well, yeah. That's why I like, think some teams are because we're talking about the dumbest league in professional sports. Yeah, they there's some that might be like, oh, I don't want that on my team, and like so many guys that are like, if you want to be demanding a trade like that while you make that much money, then you should be like Sidney Crosby, blah blah, blah and be like the world's best captain. But like, I don't know, just go live a minute in his shoes. And I'm not saying that everything's been handled perfectly on his end, but go spend a minute in his shoes there. Um, Whatever the hell went on in the beginning of this season was embarrassing for them. Um, Top to bottom that there was so much going wrong that it's like, 
I think people have to have some empathy, but I don't anticipate anyone having that. But I wouldn't be surprised if there are teams that pulled out for that reason because they rather be boring and don't want players driving the bus. That makes sense. Speaking of driving the bus, this is from Dan from SoCal. With the way things are looking in Edmonton right now, do you think McDavid <laughs> would request a trade eventually? And if he does, where does he end up? I would vote for L.A., unfortunately. Talking about the here's Christ- here's here's the Paris. thing on that question that I, I I always bring up now when people ask me, well, McDavid can't be happy about these moves, blah blah blah. I'm not convinced that Connor McDavid doesn't see Duncan Keith as a bad player. I think Connor McDavid is actually very excited to have Duncan Keith on his roster. I, yeah. I I don't know if Connor McDavid is like sentient and sees that bad players are bad. I think Connor McDavid is thrilled management made a move like that, even though it does make the team worse. I don't think McDavid sees that as a bad move. So therefore, I don't think McDavid thinks the Oilers are having a bad offseason. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm inclined to agree with that. I think a guy like Keith or, you know, seeing Nurse, who seems like a great teammate, getting his raise, you know, that might not be pissing him off. I think of any moves, it's probably what's gone on in net in recent years. But I do wonder if, like, McDavid will play and get to a point where he is fed up. But then it's like, would he leave Drysaddle? Be like, you can handle this mess, see if I. Um, it's funny. Like, Ken Holland is doing things that are so Ken Holland. And if you couldn't see this coming, then, like, I don't know what to tell you. Like, general managers don't change. And they don't need to change because they just get job. Or, like, how bad they are at them. So if you're Ken Holland and, like, you got fired from Detroit and then hired by Edmonton, like, minutes later, why would you change anything you're doing? Just, like, go off. So, I mean, he might just look at it and be like, oh, he knows what he's doing. He has a winning reputation and will get sick of it at some, you know, some point, as I'm sure everyone did with Shirelli. But, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if all players look at it and be like, oh, wow, that's an ass-backwards move. Last question from Nick NYR30. Do you think the New York Rangers chose the wrong years to blow it up and rebuild? These upcoming drafts have generational talents in them. I have to tell you, I had a conversation three years ago saying uh, from our, our actually good friend Dan, Greg. It was like, hey, if you could trade Kako for Lafreniere right now, would you? And it was right before we drafted Capo, And I was like, yeah, in a heartbeat. Well, <laughs> guess what? <laughs> you got both. This, Lafreniere was considered a generation, almost generational talent. I know he's not like these next two kids coming up. What is one? Bedard, Connor Bedard is one of them. And mm-hmm. I think the, there's another yeah. one also. Uh, Stephen Wright or Shane Wright. Sorry, not Stephen Wright. Shane Wright. Uh, and I know those are quote unquote generational talents, but we hear that all the time. Like Lafreniere was, was considered on that level two years ago. So you don't, there's no, you don't try and tank to get these kind of players unless they're like McDavid level. And I'm not sure either of those guys are McDavid level. Maybe if some people will say that, but there's only one Connor McDavid. There's really only ever like one generational means generational for a reason. Like there's only one Connor McDavid, this generation. I don't know if Shane Wright or Bedard, no matter how good they are, will, will be that level. So no, the Rangers didn't choose the wrong time because they got incredibly lucky. They shouldn't have gotten the second overall pick. Shouldn't have gotten the. They especially shouldn't have gotten the first overall pick. Yeah, and they they hit on some prospects that were able to get some value for their aging stars. They chose the exact right time to do it. Have benefited greatly from luck and success. Uh, and as much as I would love to have these young, talented 
players come play for the Rangers. Like, you have the second best left winger in hockey on your team right now. He chose to come play for you, along with a Norris winning, the one of the youngest Norris winners of all time. Like, what, what do you want? You have incredible talent. So, yes, it's enticing to get this this more young talent on the squad, but there's no more tanking. This is it. Your window's open. You you have every every piece for the most part, with the exception of that big swing, uh, are going to be on your squad now. And I'm, uh, do you agree, Shana? Yeah, it's like saying like you know you'll never have enough money to want to go do this. If you're waiting, you're going to spend. You can't you can't hurry up and wait. Like it doesn't work like that. You can never plan and hope it works out perfectly right. And look at the prospect pools and be like, well, this year will be great to. Tear it all. You can't do that. You have to take whenever you're doing it, you're taking a risk no matter what. It can be the most stocked um, prospect pool of all time, and you have no idea how it's going to work, how these players will click with your team, how it's going to work with the draft lottery. There's too many factors. You need to have a very good, if you're planning to tear it down, you must have a very, very smart scouting staff. And that's all that matters because even in the worst drafts, there are great players to find, and there are great players to find outside the first round if you can be creative. And that's why a team like Tampa Bay shines because a player like Nikita Kucherov wasn't picked because of his height. And Braden Point has problems with his skating. And they drafted both, and look what happened. You know, I don't think a player, I think Point was 71st overall. I don't think a player has ever even come close to the value, you know, that he's provided in these first couple of seasons you know, from that draft position before. You can't just sit there and go, well, the first two are great. You're not guaranteed to get them. And you're not guaranteed to get anything good from any draft unless you have a very good staff that can spot good players throughout those drafts. So you get lucky and you are smart about it, but you can't look at it like they should have waited. You know, they did it when they did it. And it's good that they did it because if not, they could have been in way worse shape and had way fewer picks and had much more to tear down too. Yeah, and I think another way to think about it is just think of the three drafts the Rangers have had since the letter, right? Um, draft number one, they have three first-round picks. They get Kravtsov, Keandre Miller, and Niels Lundqvist. Hard to do better than that. Draft number two, Capococco. Hard to do better than that. Draft number three, Alexi Lafreniere. Hard to do better than that. Oh, and Braden Schneider, who whether you like, love him or hate him, all he has to do is be the sixth best prospect of those six. Think I think you did okay. I don't think there's a lot to complain about right there. Yes, I agree. Uh, before we get out of here, has Steve Aliquet become an insider, and why is he so good at it? The tingles are real. He's finally gotten to the level. He's done the data. He's been a goalie. He's won all the Emmys. Is Steve just bored? I mean, if he is, it works. You know, it's working for him. <laughs> At the very least, he's starting a conversation. You know, every single time he tweets something, he has people talking about it. Um, literally, my mom is an accountant, and she has a couple of clients who are Ranger fans, and I was with her the other day, and she handed me the phone so her client could ask me about Valaket's tweet the other day. That's and I was just sitting there like, is this, is this happening? I think, I mean, good for him. He's, at, at the very least, he's getting people talking. And... Um, why the hell not? Hockey is boring and could use more fun and more insights from anyone that has them. And we know he has very good ones because he supports his insights with actual facts, which is always nice to see. A legendary man. One day. I think I think the more fun scenario here to talk about is do these tweets happen unless a certain someone is removed from a certain position? I'm going to say no. Hmm. I agree. <laughs> I agree, by the way. 
Yep. All right. That's mm. an end of the show then. Uh, we'll be yeah. back. <laughs> Shana, I want to thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for being a guest on, on a 200 and Wayne Gretzky episode. So, uh, wow. pre- uh, yeah, I know. I appreciate you. It's been a long time. You, you are now officially the, the most recurring guest. I didn't do the math, but I'm just saying that. Wow. We should make a graph about it. Thank you so much for having me. It's been an honor. I'd like to thank the Academy for wow. making me the most frequent guest. Pretty cool. Uh, if Jack Eichel happens, we'll all cry and because it'll be happy to be over with. We'll be back next <laughs> week. <laughs> I'm so freaking done with it. I don't want to yeah. talk about it anymore, but we talked about half this episode because you have to. Okay. Don't end on that. Change the change it. Change the tone real quick. Okay, you're right. Um, I miss Pavlusnevich. Oh, wait. Try again. Um, <laughs> uh, you had to go years five and six for Goodrow. Okay, wait. Um, <laughs> the New York Mets will make Kako's the playoffs. Kako's going to have a monster season. Kako put on 50 pounds. <laughs> oh, my God. You saw the fix, right? He's thick. Like, what's going on? <laughs> Crazy. He's getting stronger. Yeah, he He's is. getting stronger. He's going to come out and kick everyone's ass. He's in bulk season. It's very clear. It's very clear. All right. Uh, for him. I, I'm pumped. You know that. Don't don't trade him. Do not, well, yeah. do not trade him. All right, Shana. Oh, my God. Don't go there. Don't go there. You just changed the vibes again. <laughs> okay, a final. Final. Igor Shosturkin is a great goalie who could be a top three and elite goalie in this league and is your goalie for the next four years. Unless, and he's a very cute dog. Unless something bad happens. All right, Shana. <laughs> we'll see you soon. I'm going to go thank our supporters, and uh, we'll get out of here. Love you guys. You can follow what, me on. What What? What bad thing could possibly happen? It's not like he's going to buy a new car with that money. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I almost pulled my groin laughing on that one. Um, all right, let's <laughs> let's get going. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at, at O'Reilly. You can follow Greg at Bushwitz Break. You can follow Shayna at Hey Shay with a bunch of Y's. You know where to find her. And uh, we'll be back next week. Love you guys. So let's go thank our supporters. Bye. Hey, and I want to thank our super secret NHL Insiders Club for being part of this show and actually supporting it. It's the reason we do the show. All the Patreon subscribers. Keep us going. Adam Cohen, Alex Gardner, Amber Cohensberger, Ben Waters, Ben Weber, Biggie's Malone. Welcome, Biggie's. Brian Doyle, Broadway Boucher, Bleeder, Chris Finelli, CJ Stellwagen, Daniel. Oh, he messaged me. Daniel messaged me. He said it's it's definitely not Deshunes. It's like French. Daniel, you did say what it is, but I didn't remember it. Let's see if I can stick with me. I'm going to the messages. Here we go. This is We don't even edit this out. The messages are taking a long time. Daniel, where are you? Oh, man. Daniel, I messed this up. Please forgive me. I will find it. Message me again. Was it on Discord? I cannot find it. It's it, it's just, it's like a, with a Z? This segment has gone too long. David Naren, David Siegel, Dennis Deitz, Eric Stagg, George Obrinsky, Give Gartner a cup, Jake Berkowitz, Jerry and Marquez, JD, Jimmy Mack, Chris from Florida, Christoph Berg, Kyle Franklin, Lazek Gronkowski, Lucas K, Matthew Kind, He's so kind. Pavel Kocherev, Stephen Lomir, Mayer, oh, Stephen, I'm, I know you text. Stephen Lomir, Lomir, well, I don't know what's going on with me. Stig Bull, my boy from also, Swinegart, the drop BK, Tommy O'Neill, Tori from Manhattan, Vinny Bracco, Vinny Hay, and Will Spector. Cannot thank the NHL Insiders Club enough. Not a lot of inside information right now, as it has been, hey, we're still waiting for someone to have leverage. All the fun, but we have a, if you're still here listening to this, I don't know why. We have a Premier League. I'm getting into soccer, and Greg's already in there. We're going to do a bonus episode later this week on top of our BSBOT. 
So uh, a lot of good times, a lot of good fun to be had. Two months away from opening season for the Rangers. A lot of fun. Love you guys. We'll be back next week. Bye.